0: another episode of Untying the Knot. What up, Anna?
1: What's up, Britt? How are you? I'm good. Listen, I'm like not going to waste any time and I'm going to kick right into this. I am so excited to be introducing you to our guest today. Um, Abby, you want to say hello? Hi. <laughs> um, so listen, Abby, I, I think I'm like geeking out over here because I have been following you since I filed for a divorce in 2019. And we talk about on the podcast, like how important it is to find a community, but surround yourself with people of like shared experiences, especially when it comes to divorce, because unless you walked the path, you know very well, like you're not going to really understand these, like uh, tons of emotions that are going through you and you, your Instagram, um, and we'll tag your handle in the show notes, but your Instagram was one of those pages that I just felt so Seen So thank you for being here. Why don't you kind of jump in and tell peeps about yourself?
2: Well, you're welcome. And I'm so happy that you found me. I have a, you know, a growing following and it's a wonderful community. I am a certified divorce coach and mediator in Philadelphia, but I have clients all over. I did prior to the pandemic and especially now during the pandemic, everyone has gotten used to um, meeting virtually or just having phone calls. So it's really grown my business in a way that wasn't possible before people really wanted and expected the face to face so i've been growing steadily and i help people men women couples going through the process of divorce um anywhere from i'm thinking of divorce to the very end what do i do now that i'm divorced and i'm alone in my house
0: mm-hmm. i love that i think that is something you know brit brit showed me your page when we first started talking about the podcast months ago and she still shares your stuff all the time. And I, I didn't even, I mean, people go to therapists and have life coaches and stuff, you know, but divorce is such a, it's a whole totally different ball game. I mean, I've, I've never experienced it personally, but I have multiple friends and family who have. So I think what you're doing is a huge service and so helpful to so many people. So like Brit, I'm super honored that you're here. I'm super excited that you're here too. And, um, yeah, it's great to learn a little bit more about you, but I would, I want to,
1: I just want to interject real quick. I just have to say something. If you're out there and you're listening and you are walking through divorce or you're about to walk through it, I can't tell you enough. I wish Abby that I had you. I'd found you before I filed because truly like, you know, I'm through it and I've already like been divorced, have the paper signed, but like there are so many times like when I saw that you were divorced, because I was like, oh, my God, if i had only had this, you know,
0: so <laughs> thank you for what you do. Well,
2: that's exactly how I feel. I wish that I had had somebody. I was in my um, early 30s. I was quite young to be getting divorced with two young kids. And I was the first one of my friends. Um, mm-hmm. Nobody in my family is divorced. And I really had nobody. I had a great lawyer. And a therapist, and they're both helpful. But really, talking about the specifics of divorce, um, I had nobody to talk to. So um, I feel really honored that people let me into their lives. And if I can help them um, get organized, work through their emotions, help with their, you know, the financial burden, I'm a lot less expensive than lawyers. So a couple hours with me will save you, you know, a lot of money in the lawyer's office. So if I'm happy, if I'm able to help anybody um, in any of those ways, I'm thrilled.
0: That's awesome. That's super. And I know you, that sounds very similar to to Britt's story. We were just talking about that the other week that she was the first to get divorced in her friend circle too. So um, yeah, it's cool to have connections and to connect with people in that way. Um, So one of the things that is new for our podcast that we've just started doing the last few weeks is a weekly win and woe. And I briefly mentioned this to you, but basically something really great that's happened this week something positive, and then maybe something that's a little harder, a little tougher, um, whether it's personal or, or business or whatever. Um, but you know, the woe for us is everybody has hard, hard times. And so listeners like you guys too, everybody has struggles that they go through and we just kind of want to like bring light to it and feel it and know that it's okay. And it's acceptable. And then you can look forward to something good also. So, um, Yeah, I would love if you could share your weekly win and weekly woe with us today.
2: Sure, Uh, my weekly win was months in the making. I threw my daughter who's turning 15 next week, a surprise sleepover with 13 of her camp friends, none of which live in our state. And with COVID and teenagers managing to keep it a secret, she was completely shocked until they walked in the door they didn't post on social media. They turned off their location finders. They kept it a secret for months. Everybody tested for COVID. We only, unfortunately, one had to drop out. It was gonna be 15, it wound up being 14 of them in total. Um, but it was completely stressful and a huge, huge parenting win. Um, so that was kind of the highlight. It was, it was, it was amazing. So that was my weekly win. Especially with
1: social media, that is amazing to pull that
2: off. I warned them. I texted all the moms several times saying, please beg them not to post because my daughter will wake up and scroll and see that they're all together on their way to Philadelphia and we can't let that happen. So thanks to all the girls, they, they made it happen. That is so cool. Yeah. Um, and my weekly woe is my son is going to college in the fall, which is great. Um, but we are definitely, I have, I have two kids and I have two stepkids and um, my son and daughter are extremely close. The three of us are extremely close as a unit. Um, divorce definitely brings you together. If you have kids um, and a shared custody or a single custody situation. So we're super, super close. And he's the first one to go to college and we are already in mourning.
0: Aww.
2: And it just seems to be even last night, like, just looking at him in the kitchen and I'm really going to miss him. And, and the three of us went to the doctor's office on Monday to get some blood taken. And I was like, I'm really, I wish we could do this. I'm really going to miss this. And, you know, just literally walking with my two kids going to to the doctor. Um, So my daughter and I are in kind of a state of a little bit of mourning and it gets harder each week as our time with him here full-time is starting to wind down. And I know that it's a lot of, it's a, it's a transition. A lot of parents go through and some don't feel the pain and some really feel it. I have some friends that said it is the worst. So I'm definitely in that, in that bucket.
1: But I think that's something to be said to like accepting being like, you know, I'm, I'm upset. Like, I feel like sometimes we in society, like are taught to like push our emotions down and like not show, like show our cards, if you will. So it's kind of nice to, Refreshing almost when you sit here and you're able to admit that, be like, Yeah, I'm upset and it is what it is.
2: I mean, there's there is such a thing as toxic positivity, and that doesn't help anybody. I'm excited, yeah. I'm proud of him. He's gonna have an amazing time. You know, he should go do all of that, but we're sad, we're gonna miss him. And it, it's really, you know, every day that goes by is just ticking closer. So
0: he's going to he's going this fall, then is what you were saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that's hard that but it's good to soak up the moments that, that you have while yeah. you have them. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Well, Britt, do you want to go through uh your question first? We each have a question for you, Abby. Okay. Do you want to go first, Britt, or should I? Okay.
1: Um, I know, like, I have so many questions. I was like trying to like limit it. Um, I guess one of the questions that I've gotten recently is, you know, I don't know if you know much about my story, but because of the my story, I naturally attract women that have are, that are walking through divorce, naturally they gravitate towards me in the respect of they're coming from a toxic relationship. Um, and a lot of them are walking that path where they know they have to heal and they so desperately want to heal, but they are also either worried about getting in a new relationship and allowing that trauma to trickle in or they're already in it and they are already seeing trigger traumas as I call them coming up. So like how, like if you had a client that was walking through that, like how, like what would you, what would you do?
2: You know, I would advise to really work on your stuff before you get involved with somebody else. Um, Wherever you go, there you are. You're just gonna keep bringing it to every relationship. And no matter who was, you know, at fault, there were two people in the relationship. So even Mm -hmm. if it was salacious and somebody cheated, um, if somebody cheated, that's their poor decision and they should be completely responsible for that. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that the other person didn't have ways that they contributed to, you know, the breakdown of the relationship. So I really think that you need to evaluate, dissect, work through every single part until you are completely at peace. Doesn't mean you have to get over everything or forgive everything that happened in the demise of a relationship, but you have to accept it and feel peace with it. Mm -hmm. So I would suggest, you know, you really make sure you do that before you get into a new relationship. And if you need some help, that's fine. Go get, you know, I'm a big fan of getting any help that you need. So if you want to dig through it with a therapist of any sort, go do that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it does take like an amount of strength almost like people don't realize to like, like let go and let God almost like, especially in those situations where there is trauma to be like, you know what, like I choose to still have joy in my life. And especially if you have kids, like they're still going to be involved in some way, shape or form. And you're so right. Like, you know, in my own healing journey that I had to realize that there were ways that like, you know, I contributed to some of the, the toxicity in our home. Um, and ultimately realizing that we weren't the best pair together. Right. Cause that in hey. itself was toxic.
2: Right, and also there's no, I know how loneliness feels. I know the thought of when you're alone, I'm gonna be alone forever, I will never find anybody. I know really, I I know how that feels. Um, But here's the thing, when you meet the the right person and you're in the right space, you never know when that's gonna happen. So it could happen tomorrow and then you're coupled up for the next five, 10, 30 years. So being alone and having that time to yourself, I know it can be lonely and painful, but it's really a nice time and I wouldn't rush it and, you know, take your time before you jump into something else.
1: Right. And also you're kind of like letting the, if you, if you show the universe that you're rushing, you're also, I feel like that's letting the universe, like the message you're sending the universe is like, I'll settle for anything. So of course you're going to find yourself in the same situation again until you heal.
0: (laughs) Right. True. Well, and the other thing that you're saying about rushing too, I remember when I first became a single mom at 20 years old, I remember like I went on a few dates and they did not go well. And I remember think having that thought like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be alone forever. Like at 20 years old, how dramatic, <laughs> but um <laughs> You know, and then I I realized, I got to the point where I realized that even if I wait, even if I stayed single, and even if I waited until my daughter was out of the home, Amberly was grown up at college at 18 years old, I'm only going to be 37. Like I could, you know, meet someone then get married and still spend the majority of my adult life with this person. Obviously that's not what I've intentionally done, but you know, I had that realization. I don't have to rush anything right now, just because I'm young, you know, I'm still, well, I guess I'll be 29 tomorrow. <laughs> um, but you know, just cause I'm young, like I'm going to be young for a long time. <laughs> so I don't have to rush anything. Um, awesome. Well, I love, I love the answer to that question. My question that I had for you was, um, What is something when women are thinking about divorce or maybe their husband has just told them that, that he wants a divorce. Um, so right at those beginning stages, what is something that women don't plan for or don't expect, but they should like something that's totally, you know, just comes out of left field, maybe that they had no idea that was going to be a thing. And now it is.
2: (laughs) Right, I think that I have two answers to that. The first is with custody. If you have children, um, you have to really think through the reality and the logic of a custody plan, and this is where a divorce coach can help. Um, You know, your lawyer is going to help you legally, what you're entitled to, what you're agreeing to, but legally, you can transfer your kids Saturday at 4 p.m. And that's legal, but logically that's really crappy because it's in the middle of your weekend. So you have to really play out custody holidays. You know, I, I have so many clients that they are agreeing to a holiday schedule of every other year on July 4th, you know, a parent gets the children. Well, July 4th usually isn't just one day, right? You go to a barbecue, you go to the beach. So Mm -hmm. maybe July 4th is July 3rd to 5th. Yeah, but they haven't thought that through. So if they have the one day, they have to cut the weekend short. So when you're thinking of custody, think about real life, not just the legalities. How do you live? How old are your kids? Do you have little kids and they're going to bed at six or seven o'clock at night, then transitioning at four o'clock on a Saturday? That might be fine. That is kind of the end of their day. They have dinner, they have a bath and they go to bed. If your kids are 10 to 18, four o'clock is right in the middle of their Saturday. So I think that people get caught up in the I want 50-50 or I want sole custody and they don't think about the details and the details really matter. So that is my biggest advice to my clients. For the second part, when the kids are going to the other parent in the beginning, make a plan. Mm Down the line, that plan can be, I'm going to rearrange my closet tonight. I love to do that. That is a great night for me. Some red wine, and I'm cleaning out my closet. That's not a good plan for the first, second, third, and twelfth time that your kids go to the X. (laughs) Um, Make a plan with somebody else. Don't wind up in your home alone when they leave the door and you have nothing to do. It it, it a is gut-wrenching, and a quiet house is never good in the beginning. It becomes a beautiful thing, but...
1: The year yeah. first is definitely the hardest for sure. And that's, I think that is, that's such clutch advice. Like that's
2: gold. Um, yeah. People don't think about it. People are so worried about making sure they have the clothes or the lovey or the, you know, making sure all of that, and they have the beds at both houses, but they're not thinking about, okay, what's going to happen on night one. Yeah.
1: Right. And and it kind of goes to like our messaging through the, actually the purpose that we created this podcast is filling up your cup. So like taking care of you. So like thinking of you first because you now do have that, um, which is, it ends up being a beautiful thing. You now do have that time that you wouldn't otherwise have when they are with the other parent. Um, And and you mentioned when you say like the custody thing, because honestly, I think that is such great advice because I'm even thinking of my own journey with like custody arrangements. Like little things that would come up and like when looking back at it all like I tell my girlfriends now I've had some of them that have walked through this um unfortunately since I have but um I tell people when you're like doing the custody arrangements almost like feel I say like feel like if it's you as if you were writing like now you have a babysitter come over the first time to watch your kid you write like a Bible. Think of it as that every little even if the detail seems so silly like just include it because If some of most of the women that I deal with are coming from traumatic, like narcissistic, abusive relationships. So especially when you're dealing with that kind of dynamic, because everything has to be in writing. And if you don't have it in writing, there's, there's ways to get around things and can screw you up in the long run. And you just want to have things balanced for the best of your kids, whatever the dynamics are on either side, you just want it to be as balanced as possible. So when you have every little detail, it's good.
2: Yes. Totally. And the more you can think of, put it down, put it down I'm writing.
1: I have to ask you this quick question because when I, I said this earlier, my first thing when I saw like divorce coach because I have I'm a certified life coach, so that was just something that was so interesting to me. like where did you? like what what made you decide? like, hey, this is a little, little do.
2: <laughs> so I was writing and publishing a lot of essays on relationships, parenting issues, and divorce. And every time it was something on divorce, the response was huge. I was getting inundated with emails and requests and online messages from strangers asking advice on divorce. This went on for a few years. And I was researching something and I came across divorce coach and I rolled my eyes. I had heard of life coaches before, Mm. and I just rolled my eyes. And my husband was like, why don't you look into that? You're actually doing it for free and you're not trained and maybe why don't you look into it and I looked into it and I think there are. Tons of programs out there, the one I did is really was very rigorous um, and kind of the gold standard and I became a certified divorce coach and opened to practice and just started slowly helping people and mediation is you know. A, a buzzword and so I just decided I may as well, um, I had some couples that I coached as a coach. Um, But there's, you know, also a request for mediation. So I decided to throw my hat in that also, and it's just kind of blossomed.
1: That's awesome. And I also love like that you're local to me because I'm a Philadelphia girl too. So like, I love that like local connection as well. And so if I am, if I'm a listener right now and I am like, oh my God, I need a divorce coach. Where can we find you um, next steps?
2: I would definitely go to my website first, divorcecoachphilly.com. And then I'm also on Facebook a tiny bit. I'm really much more on Instagram and I offer just authenticity. So some of my posts are really sassy. Some are filthy. Some are really earnest and heart and heartfelt. So, it, you know, it depends how I'm feeling that day. But for a mix of all of that, you can find me on Instagram at divorcecoachphilly also.
1: Wonderful. Abby, thank you so much for, for being here. We will make sure folks to put all of Abby's information in our show notes so you can find her very easily and, um, have some me too moments, uh, with her, uh, like we do. And Abby, is there anything else you want to say before we end the podcast?
2: I mean, it's so cheesy, but it's true. I mean, you'll get through it. And the only way to get through it is to go through it. I know a lot of people try to fast forward the process and they just jump right from um, moving out to I'm dating and I'm happy. And I'm and sooner or later, you're gonna have to deal with the emotions. And a lot of women deal with it while they're still married, right? I mean, it takes a long time between I'm happily married till we're getting divorced. So a lot of people process that while they're still in the marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those that, that don't, I really advise to, you know, just go through it. It sucks. But once you go through it, you won't have to go through it again. So you may as well just get it over with. And then really it, it's, it's a whole new opportunity and, you know, divorce doesn't suck. It's a sucky process, but being divorced is, is great. I, I'm i so happy <laughs> being divorced, much happier than Celebration.
1: I was in a bad marriage.
2: So, you know. <laughs> If the option is being in a sucky marriage or being divorced, divorce doesn't suck.
1: I love that. I think that's a perfect note to end on. You got to feel to heal, um, and our woes are, are a celebration. Uh, well, thanks, folks, for for being here. Hannah, you want to say give a yeah. little? Toodaloo? No, I
0: that was beautiful. It was lovely. I loved having having you, Abby, and um, it's just such a cool connection. You know, like I said, I was not divorced, so hearing from women who that's one of the things I love about Britt and I coming together is you know, having different perspectives. So having your advice and your expertise, um, and being able to follow you, I already follow you too. So you're a great resource and yeah, listeners, you guys are going to love her. So go check her out. Yeah. Thanks for coming on by guys. And thanks for chatting with us today.
1: And if you like this, today's episode, uh, be sure to like subscribe and share with your other friends. Let's grow our community together. All right. Take
0: care.